Who knows what the scripture reader's job is? Wrong. Just to make sure everybody's awake before the preacher gets up here. <laughs> scripture this morning will come from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, I drank out of Chuck's cup. <laughs> I've just got this urge to sing bass, grow a beard, and kiss Sharon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm teasing. <laughs> Beloved, it is wonderful to see everyone this morning. Certainly do appreciate everybody for being here. Visitors, we want you to know you're our honored guest. We can't say that enough. We really do mean it. You could have chosen to be anywhere and doing anything else today, and you chose to be with us. And so we're grateful. We thank you for that, and, and we appreciate you being here. We'd certainly appreciate it if you fill out a visitor's card, stop by our connection center, get all that. They, <clears throat> they won't ask for your bank account number, social security, or anything like that. But, but, but really, we'd love to get to have a record of your vision. Appreciate you being here. Uh, appreciate some that's um, here that uh, have been ill and are getting over some illness. We have some that are home this morning because of illness or surgery or things of that nature. And and uh, a lot of them would be uh, watching us on the live stream, so we're grateful for that as well. Brethren, the title of the lesson, I don't know if you've ever heard a lesson about this today, uh, but that's what we're going to talk about. See, God is blessing us right now. We are a growing church, um, and as we grow, there's going to be differences among us. You can't have a crowd this side and there not be some differences, and, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. We are blessed in that regard, not, not satisfied, brethren, okay, but in a growing church, there's going to be differences. That's why Ephesians 4.3 that um, my keeper of the audience awake just read, um, in Ephesians 4.3, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Some versions where it says be diligent actually use the word make every effort. I like that. That's what we have to do, brethren brothers and sisters, because peace does not come naturally. The greatest, most effective tool the devil has in his old toolbox is the wedge. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand, and a nation divided against itself will fall. And so we need to understand that. And so that's why we, since peace does not always come naturally, we have to make every effort to pursue it and preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Any growing church is going to ex ex um, ex experience what is called osgood slaughter, which I understand is the fancy word for growing pains. Now, beloved, <clears throat> if you look around today, you see that churches are either going to experience either growing pains or hardening of the arteries. Death, dying, pains. And both involve pain, and both involve struggle. The pain and struggle of growing, of adopting, of learning to be a united family. There's some struggle in that, or there's going to be the pain of dying, the pain of division. And we've seen that too often in our brotherhood. We speak unity, and then we divide so many times. And as we grow, 
we're going to experience those growing changes, brothers and sisters, the growing pains and the changes that come along with them. Uh, you know, every now and then somebody say to me, not just here, but other places I preach that, they, they, a long time member, they say to me, Brother Green, the church here isn't what it was or the same it was when I first came here several years ago. And my reply to them is, I hope not. Brothers and sisters, a growing child changes from year to year, Right? We see these little babies born, you know, in their mama's arm. Next thing you know, they're running all over the kingdom come. And, and a growing child changes from year to year. And we expect that and we want that. And we know that that's healthy. And a growing family is going to change also. And so we must do that. Our whole goal as a church is to grow in Christ, brothers and sisters, and to always be growing in Christ. And we're never finished with doing that. But you know what? We're going to have our differences. We need to realize this. We need to understand this. Those that don't end up paying for it, okay? Every family has their differences. But we don't cease to be a family. If we do it right, if we do it God's way, we learn to pull together instead of falling apart. Now, brother, don't misunderstand me this morning because I, there can be no changing of God's word. There can be no compromise of the scripture. We understand that and we stand firm on that. And God's word stands forever and we understand that. And, uh, but, you know, here's the thing. And you look around our brotherhood and see if this isn't true. Most divisions in our brotherhood come about from differences of opinion. Seriously, they do. So what we got to do is learn how to rub without causing blisters. We're going to rub some... We're going to rub each other sometimes. I had people come up to me and be real honest and said, Brother Green, you really made me mad. Okay. I know. I do that, brother. I do. I don't try to. It just comes natural. It's a gift, you know. No. No, I mean, seriously, I don't try to. But some, they do because we, we're going to do that, brothers and sisters. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, let's pick up uh, just a little bit on down from where Mason left off, and, and let's read what it says here, okay? And he gave some as apostles, he being God. He's talking about his church, how he, how he organizes his church and how the church functions. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. That word pastor there would be the same in the Bible as elder. For the equipping, this is what he gives us, for, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Until, this is how long we do this, brethren, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the statue which belongs to the fullness of Christ. He said, we got to grow up, see, we got to go on to maturity. And, and part, of that, excuse me, part of that maturity is being united as a result. We're no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful schemings. We, go, we grow beyond that, brothers and sisters. He said, but, but, listen to this now, Speaking the truth, and this is what some of my brethren miss, in love. Brother Green, I'll just choke the corn. Yeah, but you don't do it in love. Speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up just a little bit into him. Is that what that says? No. In all aspects, into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, the body being the Lord's church, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together, listen to this, by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. 
causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That's what that's what we got to do, brothers and sisters. We need to understand from this text and others that we're going to be looking at, we need to understand that not only does God want differences in his church, he needs those differences, you see. He gave some as pastors, evangelists, teachers, so on and so forth, you know. What for each person, brothers and sisters in the Lord's church, has a part, a function, and everybody in the body needs one another. If everyone finds their function in the church and learns how to understand and respect and tolerate and work with the other parts that are different than, and that they may even disagree with, then we're going to be effective as the body of Christ. Can I say that again? Did y'all catch it the first time? If everyone will find their function in the church, as it says, each individual part, and then learn how to understand and respect and tolerate and work with the parts that are different from you and that maybe even disagree with you, then we will be effective as the body of Christ. Verse 16, brothers and sisters, the church, the body, is held together, it says, by every supporting joint or ligament. That's the individual Christian doing what? Their individual part. You know what? We've got to pull together. We're going to fall apart. We need to put up a big sign that says this, right? I, I think we need to remind ourselves sometimes that caution, human beings worship here. We're not perfect, brothers and sisters, you know. <clears throat> and there's only one per well, Jesus Christ was the only perfect man, but there's one other perfect person in the world that I know of, and that's the one my wife says she could have married. But anyway, because, brethren, oftentimes people come to church expecting everybody to act right and to do right and to be right and to be all exactly the same, you know, kind of <coughs> cookie cutter, and it's not the way it's going to be, nor does God want it to be that way. There's only one place that I know of where everybody's the same. It's called a graveyard. And I don't know of any person, I don't know of any person that can get along with himself all the time. There's going to be differences. And brethren, if those differences are not, uh, now we're not talking about a bad difference, we're not talking about an unscriptural something, but if those are good differences, then God's going to use those differences in his church. Let me give you this morning, there's three things to work out uh, that we got to work on in order to be able to rub it uh, without causing blisters. Number one, first and foremost, there must be communication. Somebody come to me and they're all mad at somebody, and I'll say, have you gone to talk to them? Oh, no, I could never do that. Oh, my goodness. You just cut your own throat, so to speak. Okay? There's got to be communication. Okay? When we begin causing spiritual blisters, brothers and sisters, it's usually because of a lack of communication. We're not talking. We're not sharing. We're not being open with one another. We're not being honest with one another. And, or we give the wrong kind of communication. As Paul says in our text here, we're to speak the truth in love. And brothers and sisters, I've seen some things spoken that certainly was not in love. And there's a wrong kind of communication. There's a harsh kind, a demanding kind. There's the gossip kind that the Bible condemns. You see, we need to communicate one another and do it in the way that we should, as he says in our text in Ephesians 4, 15, speaking the truth in love. When God's people get together to talk and discuss and pray and communicate, they're going to work out their problems, brothers and sisters. Shouldn't Christians, God's own people, be able to get together and work out things? We should be able to do that. But too often what do people do is they talk about one another instead of to one another. And that's where the trouble comes in. In fact, the Bible describes that as gossip. And the Bible says it's sin, and it does nothing but divide, and the only winner in that is Satan. 
The Bible says if you have ought against your brother, you go to him, not somebody else or not some ten somebody else's. If people refuse to listen to gossip, you think they'd be as much? I've, I began to say to people that come to me talking about somebody, I say, well, have you gone to them and talked to them like the Bible says? And if they say, no, brothers and sisters, we need to very lovingly, very respectfully say, then don't come to me. Do what the Bible says. It's amazing how when you do what the Bible says, God blesses that. And you go to that person first and try to get it worked out. If people refuse to listen to gossip, there wouldn't be as much. And so you need to ask the gossip, are you, what are you doing in a positive way to change or correct that? Okay? The gossip, you, you know somebody gossip, they usually come up and say, they this, they that. Brothers and sisters, we've got to learn to talk to one another and not about one another. Somebody came to me one time, and, and, and they said I had offended them. And I said, well, good, you sorry thing. You needed offending. Is that what I said? Seriously. Seriously, I hope you know me a little better than that. That's not what I said at all, brethren. One, I had not realized I had offended that person. I really didn't know I did, that I had done that. So I appreciated them letting me know. And we sat down, and we had a heart-to-heart talk, and we got things worked out, and everything was fine after that. But brethren, what if they hadn't have done that? What if they had done like a lot of people do and just go behind my back and talk to five other people about it? Would that have gotten anything accomplished? No, it would not. And did you notice, brethren, about gossips, is they go to people that they think are going to agree with them. <laughs> they oh, no, that person won't agree with me. I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> We've got to learn to communicate, brothers and sisters. Number two, in the right way, the way the Bible says. Number two. We must guard against isolation from both sides. See, this is what we can do. We can isolate others, and, and then others isolate themselves. And they're both wrong, brothers and sisters. We are a fellowship, an ecclesia, a called out together. And as we grow, it's easy for some not to feel apart and to feel like they don't fit in. I've had people tell me that. Brother Green, I just don't feel like I fit in here. Brothers and sisters, the only way I know to defeat this is to get involved. You feel a part of something you're involved in. And everybody has a place in the body. So get involved. It's easy not to feel a part of something you're not involved in if you just show up. It's easy to feel that way. Remember, God has a work for you in his church with all your unique talents. Talents, I'm sorry. Find it and serve because we're family. And what we do in one area affects us as a whole, as we are a body. You can't say, well, I'll just fellowship with these and that see things my way, and I won't fellowship with anybody else. Beloved, the end result of that is you're going to end up being lonely because sooner or later you're going to find out even those folks that are close to you have differences. There are those who keep trying to draw lines of fellowship tighter and tighter and tighter, and then they end up, you know, just, just pretty much, you know, running everybody off. We cannot isolate except the Bible says for a blatant, unrepented of ongoing sin. So we have to guard against isolation. Let's don't cut ourselves off, and let's don't isolate others as well. Number three, we need to understand that God uses our differences. You know, there's a real intense study done uh, a, a while back, and they said basically there's two types of people when it comes to their personalities. You're either, for the most part, vertical or horizontal. You know that? 
Now, they describe what they mean here. Um, you can have a, you can be horizontal and have some vertical and vice versa, but you're going to be, be more or less uh, the, one or the other, okay? Um, the vertical, they, these are the folk that are more often rules-oriented, law-oriented, okay? Now, brethren, rules are good. We need them. That's what they're there for. They're a good role. And, and, and the, the vertical, he wants something done a certain way, and he doesn't like variation. And he wants it done by a certain time. The, 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 <clears throat> the vertical person, for the most part, is very neat, very orderly, okay? Y'all never seen my desk. They can be very rigid in many areas. The vertical guy is the person that keeps a very clean house and everything has to be in its place, right? Clothes are folded just right, even the underwear. The vertical person spends three hours trying to find a 10-cent error in his checkbook. Some of y'all grinning because you know I'm talking about it. The vertical won't cut across the lines in a parking lot. I found that out the hard way. I was riding with a vertical one time, and it was in a large parking lot, and I cut across the lines where people uh, parked so I could get a shortcut, and he started hollering. I thought I'd run over some old lady and didn't see her. I said, what in the world? He said, you run over these lines where people are supposed to be parking. I said, I sure did. He was upset about that. He thought as a Christian I should obey all the rules and, and, and that those lines were there for parking and not for driving over and that I should go way down to the stop sign and turn and then come way back up. And I thought, that ain't happening. <laughs> but that's, that's the, now brethren, that person was sincere. They weren't just trying to be mean. They were really sincere in that belief, you know. Now, that's not wrong to be a vertical, brethren. But then there's a horizontal. Now, the horizontal's not as rigid. This person is also interested in what's right, but they tend to be more people-oriented. They're more interested in the spirit of the law instead of the letter of the law, okay? And, and, and the, the, the horizontal person kind of looks like a house, like, like his house looks like a tornado just went through it, you know? Um, he, he wouldn't pass that white glove test, you know, where they come in and run the white glove down the counter. It'd stick on mine. Those black things in the corner are not his socks. They're banana peelings, you know? You know, he, he's, uh, he's got the idea, why in the world make the bed? I'm just going to be back in it tonight, right? Waste of time. We're all basically one or the other, brothers and sisters, and neither one are wrong. Let's look in Acts chapter 15 and see what we're talking about here in this regard and how God uses both. In Acts 15, beginning of verse 36, okay? Acts 15, verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of God. The... Um, in uh, whom we yeah, claim the, the, the Lord and see how they are doing. Now, verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John along, called Mark, with them, and Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, uh, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. He went home. He's a young man, probably a teenager. Got homesick. He leaves, okay? Verse 39. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and, and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord, and he was traveling through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Now, brothers and sisters, in this situation, which one was vertical? 
Which of these two were vertical? Paul, that's right. That boy deserted us one time, no second chances, buddy. Uh Uh-uh, that's it. He had his point. He could have proved it, and he took off with us, and what we're doing is too important, and we can't have a quitter on our hands. No, sir, he's not coming with us. Now, who, obviously, was the horizontal, the more people-oriented person? Barnabas, son of encouragement. He saw some potential in John Mark, and he wanted to take him along, give him a second chance, you see, and work with him. Brothers and sisters, you see here, though, the point is that God used both. God used Paul and Silas, and he used Barnabas and John Mark, as you continue to read the book of Acts, and he used them in a marvelous way in his kingdom. God needs both. We need both. And you know why we need both? We need both to help balance one another. Because if it's not for the horizontals, the verticals could become the Pharisees. And if not for the verticals, the horizontals could kind of lean a little too far the other way. So we need that, brothers and sisters. God uses that, and it's the verticals. You know, brethren, in this study, you know what they found out that was interesting to me? The verticals and horizontals usually marry one another. Uh, I I see those glances. Go ahead, it's all right. God makes us all different, brothers and sisters, and those differences can be our strengths. So that's what we've got to do. Now, Look at 1 Corinthians 12, beginning of verse 12. We're going to, I wish we had time today and we don't, oh my goodness, um, to go through a deep study and we'll do this later. But I want us just to look at some of the verses. Again, he's talking in 1 Corinthians 12 about the body of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, okay? And how we are all part of the body. And, uh, and, and let's look at some verses and get a sense of what he's talking about here with the vertical and the horizontals, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, beginning of verse 12. For even as the body is one, now he's talking about his church. Even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, we are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we're all made to make of the, the drink of the one spirit. He's talking about the oneness and the unity of the Bible. Now listen to what he says, brothers and sisters, okay? Um, in, uh, in verses 15 and 16, he talks about what we would call an inferiority complex or the isolation Okay, and that we talk about verse 15 and 16. If the foot says, because I'm not a part of the body, uh, I'm not a part of the body. I'm sorry. If the foot says, I am not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear, the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. Brothers and sisters, that's the uh, inferiority complex that we have to watch out for and the isolation. This guy says, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that, and because I'm not this or not that, then I'm not like those folks, and so it's easy to isolate. And we have to be careful not to do that. In fact, he says in verse 17, to answer that, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Okay? Um, brothers and sisters, um, if, the, if the whole body were horizontal, if the whole body was vertical, God wants differences. He needs eyes. He needs ears. He needs hands. He needs feet. And so we have our differences. In fact, verse 18 says, But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. It's God who put us there. Okay? 
Now, look at verse 19. He asked a question. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Brothers and sisters, let's all answer that question this morning. Ask yourself, if all the body, if all everybody in the church were just like me, where would the body be? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? God needs those differences. And then you have the superiority complex that sometimes creeps in the church and also the isolation of others. The one is the isolation of yourself. The other, this one is an isolation of others. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Brethren, that's, that's wrong to do that. Somebody, well, so-and-so ain't working in the church. They're not doing this or that or the other, and I don't need them. No, every part of the body needs the rest. We cannot isolate that way, brethren. We cannot say that. They're all part of the body. They may be different than me. They may be a hand and I'm a foot, whatever. But they're all part of the body, you see. And God wants us that way. You can't, you can't do that isolating, okay? Because in the Lord's church, brothers and sisters, there's none inferior in God's church because we all belong to the body of Christ. And there are none that are superior in the church because we all belong to the same body of Christ. He goes on to say that we all have different yet vital functions in the body, and this is the reason. he get, Verse 25, he concludes and says, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. In spite of our differences, brothers and sisters, that's what we have to do. One body, their parts are different, but we need all of them. So how do we rub without causing blisters, brothers and sisters, as we grow in Christ? Number one, the Bible says we need to accept one another. Romans 15, uh, 7 uh, says that, okay? We need to acknowledge one another. We need to tolerate one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to boost, or as the Bible says, build one another up and encourage one another in spite of what differences we may have, okay? Brethren, look at Romans 15, 5 through 7. Uh, good, good verse, okay? Um, <clears throat> and we're, go, we're, we're closing it down here pretty quick. I want to give all the sinners time to repent. Romans 15, 5 through 7. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Now, brothers and sisters, we can either do that, and then Paul in Galatians chapter 5 gives us the alternative to doing that, verses 13 through 15. For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in this one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But, he said, if you don't do that, here's the alternative and here's the outcome. If you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. Beloved, we're going to rub. We're going to have our differences. I'm going to make y'all mad enough to spit nails sometime. Some of y'all may do the same for me. But we are in the same body of Jesus Christ. And even though God has made us with different personalities, we can still be a part of his body and grow in Christ and reach out to those who are lost. We're talking this morning, beloved, about unity. 
And, and, and you know, I want to have unity in a lot of ways, but one unity that we're all interested in or should be is whether or not we're united with God. Are you in Christ? Are you in the body of Christ? If not, say so you have this blessed, wonderful opportunity this morning to do that, and we would certainly encourage you to do so while we stand and sing. Jesus is in